<laughs> Hot Chase Oaks. Man, it is great to see you. My name is Blake. I'm one of the teaching pastors here, and I want to welcome everybody here at Legacy and everybody at all of our campuses. Man, it's great to have you, and especially all of you online. It's like all over the world. Thanks for being a part of this place. If you're new, you've never been to this place, we just hope that you're going, dude, I, I like those people. I, I like this place. So we hope you already feel that way. So um, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. The rumor is true. I've been asked by a church in Peachtree City, Georgia, to be their lead pastor. And so, Yeah, thank you. It's... Um, <laughs> I love you. Super bittersweet and sad uh, because you have become family and I love you so much. And um, being your teaching pastor has been one of the greatest joys of my life. It's been a privilege and an honor. And I just want you to know, Chase Oaks, I love you so much. I do. I do. Um, so... You have helped prepare me and shape me to be ready for this next step in my life. And uh, Pastor Jeff has played a massive role in being a spiritual leader and guide and voice in my journey. And you'll just never know how indebted I am to you to kind of help me become who I needed to become. And uh, you kind of let me grow up with you in many respects. And I just want to say this, that we cannot deny that this is God's calling on our life. And we can feel that the Lord is asking us to go and sort of rebuild a little bit smaller church. And uh, it's got a lot of broken problems with it. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I'm a builder. So um, I'm excited to go and be a part of it. Um, It's in South Georgia, part part of Atlanta, uh, south part of Atlanta. And um, it's a church called Heritage Christian Church. I just want to say this and give an invite. You are always welcome in my house. So you come to Atlanta, you're always welcome to come and stay with me and be a part of my church. We would love to have you, okay? So I just want you to know that. I love you. I love you. Okay, that's enough sentiment. I'm fired up. Today is the start of a brand new series, and the series is called Big Beautiful World. And in this series, uh, I love these kind of series. It's kind of talking about our specific and unique DNA as a body. And so in this kind of a talk, it's kind of like a family talk. It's like, you know, really honest about our values and sort of our purpose, why we do what we do, why we say it the way we say it, and why we love how we love. And um, so this is kind of like uh, also casting vision. And here's what I know about vision. If you don't constantly uh, cast vision and kind of remind uh, the family, like, this is what we're about, remember then vision easily leaks. And so uh, my prayer is that in this talk together, we'll just kind of go, oh, yeah, that's, that's why we uh, love this place. And if you're new around here, you're like, oh, okay, that's what they're about. And so it's important to kind of re- remind everybody about why, why we uh, act like a family together. And so if you don't mind, I still feel like I'm a part of the family. I'm just going to have a little family chat. Is that Okay. So, um, yeah, so, so this is the one we're talking about this, this week. It's called, uh, everybody, actually, every, all of our campuses, will you guys say this part with me out loud together? Here we go. This is not our party. This is the Father's party, and we are His servants. Whoops! <laughs> we are His servants, privileged to prepare the party and invite the guests. 
We design our environments to not only be relevant for us, but for those who have yet to come. And so I just want to be really clear up front. You guys need to know this. If you're new, Chase Oaks, we are party people. Yeah. Oh, come on. Everybody's hands up. Let's go. Party people up in here. Yeah. Every campus, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so, so we throw a party. And we, we do it big. And uh, we do it Jesus style. Every single week, uh, our goal is to help people come into an environment where they're like, man, I felt so loved there. And I felt so, like, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of fit. And that's hard work. Because I've been to a lot of churches where you go, uh, yeah, I'm not, these people are different. <laughs> like, I'm not like that. I don't, I don't like their music. And I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> and so there's a lot of churches you go to and the language is just like, woo, they're smarter than me, right? And so we try to make it where it's, it's relevant, it's real, um, it's deep, but it's also understandable. And so um, that's, that's our heart. And we, we like to have music that you walk and go, out. we're family, right? That's good stuff right there. I, I wanted to dance. In fact, I was backstage, just so you know. I had my little thing going, family. Yeah, anyways, so uh, we, we want you to walk in and kind of have that, like, I love this song, right? And, and sometimes you go, I don't think you're supposed to play that song at church. <laughs> They're doing something wrong. That's okay. So we want you to know that the party's for you. It's for people that are different than us, that are maybe don't understand God. We want you to understand the heart of God, and that's hard work. And that takes enormous creativity to help people kind of understand that, right? And so I recently got the privilege to throw a party, and I want to talk about that party. So my daughter, Montana, she just turned 18 years old. Yeah, it's awesome. So she also graduated high school, which that's a bigger deal. So graduated high school, turned 18, we're like, we're going to blow it out for you, Montana. It's going to be an awesome party. What, what would it have been like if I'd have said, now, now listen, we're going to throw this party for you, but here's the deal. Um, we paid for this party, and so uh, when you invite your friends over, uh, you're going to have, have the food that we feed, and it's going to food that we choose, and you don't get a pick. Uh, also, you're going to play the music that we like, okay? And, and, and when you play that music, it can only be this loud. It's not going to be this loud, okay? Not just that. Uh, the temperature of the house, that's uh, something we prefer it to be a certain degree, and you're going to leave it there, Okay? And um, also about your party, um, we're going to talk about what we want to talk about, okay? That's, that's, that's the deal. Are you okay with that, Tana? What would she do? She'd be like, uh, I don't want to go to my party. <laughs> and I also don't want to invite my friends. Now, there's a lot of churches that do that, right? It's about them. It's their preferences only. And if you don't come in and fit their thing, then you don't belong. And I think you get the point. That, that's not our heart. Uh, It's not for us. It's not about us. It's not our party. So at that party, my daughter did come to me, and she had one request. She said, Dad, I I really just want one thing, and here's what it is. Would you please go skydiving with me? I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You want to go skydiving? She's like, yeah, it's my dream. Just the two of us. You, me, and you will go. We'll go up and jump out of a plane and... I've done the research, and you know, 
you go about 11,000 feet and you go about 120 miles an hour and, and, um, it's going to be awesome. Would you, would you do that with me? I'm like, that's a dumb idea. Like, I, I love you, but she's like, dad, please. She worked me. I mean, hard for weeks. If I'm like, okay, so we went up 11,000 feet against my better judgment. I jumped out of a perfectly good plane. So, um. I videoed the whole thing. Would you guys like to see it? <laughs> All right, here you go. Where did my wings go? I could have sworn I could fly straight up into the sky. So, um, you know, the hardest part for, for, for me is like when you jump out of that plane, you know, if you stick your head out of the door, like while you're driving down the road, you're going 60 miles an hour, you know how loud that is in your ears? Well, it's like 120 miles an hour. So it's like, it's so loud. And then this joker attached to me, you know, like right up on me, he like does a couple of flips immediately. And I'm just like, whoosh, like there's the earth, whoosh, there's the earth like this. And I immediately, like, I'm, I'm going to throw up. And it's going to go, flap, you know, like, I just, I just knew it was going to. And so I say to the guy, like, I'm going to throw up. He goes, we'll throw up in your shirt. <laughs> he was, he meant it, too. Yeah, I mean, what a jerk. <laughs> Maybe just want to jump right on him. Anyways. <laughs> the whole time I'm like immediately got nauseous and I'm like just holding my gut. I can't even enjoy it. I'm like, don't throw up. <laughs> you know, even there on a, when you go on, a, you know, a roller coaster ride, that's where I was. I was in a bad place. I'm gonna, and so at the end of the thing, I just told Montana, like, I love you. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> that was awesome. One time, check the bucket list. That's it. But you know what? Here's the deal. That's how she wanted to party. So I, I partied the way that she wanted to on her terms. And that's, that's kind of what I think you need to understand about us is that we throw parties on other people's terms. It's not about us. And so I don't know if you know this or not, but God, God loves throwing parties. And he especially loves throwing parties for us, his people. And we're going to talk about that in Luke chapter 14 today. But Jesus explains that really well. But this has been true from the very beginning. God, way back with Isaiah, is explaining through his prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel how he loves to throw parties. And I want to share with you in Isaiah 25 the way he explains how he loves to throw parties. Apparently, God blows it out when it comes to throwing parties, right? 
He, he goes big time. For me, like you come to my house, I throw a big party for you. We're going to eat tacos. That's it. But God, no, no, no. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine. Woo! The best of meats and the finest of wines. Yeah, you're not going to get that at my house. Uh, finest wine is expensive and I ain't going to do it. <laughs> and so, so God, though, he, he, he kind of is, he goes for it, right? He doesn't spare expense. He likes, he likes to have a big party with the finest and the best of meat and wine. Now, I have some friends that are foodies. Do you know what a foodie is? It's like people that love food. I hope you understand. So foodies, they, they're really serious about going to the finest restaurants in town. And they, they spend, you know, 100 plus on a plate. And, you know, they're kind of dumb. But um, they, they love to go for like the really, really big kind, you know, nice meals. And I have friends that go all over the world and they like go to like, you've got to go to this restaurant. And, and I'm like, well, how much does that cost? <laughs> you know, they're always like telling me about the way that they prepare the food and the way that the sauce was. And they go into all of the ingredients and like big time into that, you know. Well, I have a friend that's like that. His name is Dr. Walker. He's a brilliant man. Um, he's a Christian counselor. Very, very successful. And he actually has me uh, to his house about twice a year, my wife and I. And the two, two, him and his wife and me and my wife. And we get to go to his home. And he like prepares ingredients for like three months and he, he he like it's like a five course meal and it's like i mean extravagant we walk in we're like ooh, we're big time tonight you know like holding my wife's hand and like all excited like sit down at the table and I, I feel so out of place like i'm like i don't fit i'm different than these people but the, the way that they lay out this five course meal and Last time we were there, they had a German night, and it was a whole, they had a theme. I've never had a theme for anybody who come over my house ever. Like, we got a theme tonight, baby. So they, they have this exquisite sausage that they had gotten, this German sausage. And for all the foodies in the house, you're like, well, what kind was it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was sausage, though, and, and they had this sauce that was delicious. The sauce, I'm not kidding. Every time I bring it up, I start to, my mouth like gets all, you know that, and so we're taking the bread, and I'm just like, that sauce, like, you know, like, if I could swim in that stuff, I'd swim in it. It was unbelievable. And so every time they'd get up and walk out of the room to go bring another plate, you know, and these desserts and all this stuff, I just whispered, I'm like, baby, what? Just for us, like, they're doing all this. You ain't never made me a meal this good. <laughs> she didn't like that so much, but <laughs> like, I was just telling her, like, this is big time. Like, wow, I feel so loved. Like, they they really are pouring out their love for us just by doing this, and I felt so undeserving. And I think that's what heaven's going to be like. I think it's going to be like. Because I kept saying to her, this is bougie, <laughs> which is what my kids say. Like, I think the pearly gates are going to say, welcome to the pearly gates. It's bougie up in here. <laughs> and so, so there's this great story where Jesus is like talking about around this table with some guys. And they're like, what's it, what's it going to be like? What's, that, what's the big great banquet going to be like? And so Jesus goes into that in Luke chapter 14. I'm fired up to share this with you. Here's, here's what it says, Luke 14. 
When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replies, A certain man was preparing a great banquet. He's telling this story. And he invited many guests. But the many guests, by the way, are the people of Israel, the, the, his, his chosen nation that he loved so much. He'd invited all of the Jews. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, everything's now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Every campus say excuses. The first said, I just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back, reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house, he got really angry with his chosen ones of Israel. And he ordered his servants, you know what then? Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there's still room. Well, then the master told the servant, go out to the country roads and the country lanes and compel them. Everybody say compel them. Compel them to come in. Why? 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 So that my house will be full. And I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. See, back then when they threw a party, it was big time. It was bougie. It would go on for like a week sometimes. And everybody that was invited, if you got the invite, you showed up. It, was, it wasn't, you know, no, I'm not thinking about that really. You go. And so these jokers are making excuses. And, and he's like, I'm sorry, what? You, he's like, yeah, man, we just bought a, a field. We got to go look at the dirt. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry, man. And the other guy's like, oh, yeah, man, I just bought these five oxen. I got to go, you know, look at them. <laughs> oh, it's just lame sauce. Like, what are you talking about? Now, the third guy, all respect. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you just got married, man. You got business. Right? You got your own party. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so Jesus is simply saying to everybody, listen, man. This is, this is my heart. If you want to know the heart of God, you're all invited. Everyone's welcome. Come. Everything's ready. Feast at the table. And so, to know that I got an invite to go eat the, the bread of presence with the bread of life, Jesus. Which it's kind of weird you call yourself bread. But that's what he did. I'm the bread of life. And to know that we get to do that one day at his great banquet one day. Wow. There's something so holy and righteous about going to somebody's house, people that are very different than you, and breaking bread together. Uh, no matter what country I've been in, if you break bread together, all of a sudden you have a lot more in common than you thought. You know, like, and I just love bread. It's like, ah. 
It's bread. It's, everybody loves bread. And to dip this stuff in sauce and swim in it is just the best. So there, there is something holy, especially when it comes to thinking about, you know, Jesus' broken body. And we get to break his bread to remember him every week and to feast together in communion with one another. There's something so sacred about that. And it's this beautiful thing that we get to do to know that, man, we can put aside our differences and break bread together. And that's exactly what Jesus showed us everywhere he went. He would just go into people's homes that he wasn't supposed to go into. I'm talking sinners and tax collectors. They had their own bracket of sin. Like he would go into their house. He'd go into prostitutes' house. He'd break bread and eat. Now that, that was, that right there is like the main thing that the religious leaders and all the Sanhedrin hated the most about Jesus. Because he was saying, hey man, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be their friend. I'm going to step into relationship with them by eating with them and feasting with them. And that right there just, that's why his Israelite nation rejected him. And you know, he's actually referred to as this prophecy that's in Psalms about the stone that the builders rejected. And it also says that that stone actually became the cornerstone. It's a stone that the whole the people of Israel said, that stone's worthless, man. You need to throw that out. Just chuck it. And it was actually the cornerstone. He was the most important Jew that had ever existed. He was the one that the whole story of God was built upon. And yet, they just wanted to throw it out. They rejected him. And that was so painful for the heart of God. See, he had history with, with the people of Israel. He had tried to woo them back by prophet after prophet throughout the centuries. And so when God leaves heaven and comes to earth and he's trying to get them to love him, that was like this, it was just heartbreaking for God. In fact, there's this scene that we see. Luke 14 is the story of the great banquet. But the chapter before that, he's also talking about how he loves Jerusalem, how he's trying to woo them back. And so this is kind of like an, a continuation of that conversation and here's what he said. He climbs up on a hill and he's looking out over Jerusalem. I, I sort of imagine tears in his eyes as he's looking over his city that he had loved so well. And here, here's what he says in that text. It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who I've sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you... Were not willing. Oh, Jerusalem, how I love you. You're my bride. I'm your groom. I came from heaven to... But you won't let me. You're not willing. And so there's this picture I see of... of you know when a man gets on his knee to propose and he extends, you know, the, the ring... And, and I, I kind of see Jesus doing that. Will you marry me? And, and they're like, no. You're the stone that I reject. You're, the, you're different than us. You're not, no, we don't receive it. And that's a really intimate picture to me right now because this just happened in my house. My uh, oldest daughter, Madison, 
was proposed to, and I'm finally going to have a son in my home. So that I have all four girls, and I'm fired up about this. And so we went to the beach, we planned the whole thing out, and um, my daughters brought cameras, and we were telling my oldest daughter, she had no idea, that we're going to shoot a video for my nonprofit, Gifted, and so you're going to have to hold a camera. And so that was my way of having her face me, which I thought was brilliant. And then behind her uh, comes comes Tifton, who who then gets down on one knee and proposes to her. Would you guys like to see that video? Okay, here you go. And we're super excited about being able to do it. Yeah. It's no longer just me and my boy dog. I'm going to have an actual man in my house. And so he was a blubbering mess. And he's like a Marine Jack CrossFit guy, you know. And he was just crying. He couldn't get his words together. I didn't put all that in there because it was long and exhausting. But so, yeah, I'm, I'm planning a wedding. And it's cool because they want to do the wedding at my new church in Georgia, which will be really cool. It's this beautiful lake, and it's going to be super intimate. And um, so we're talking through the wedding thing, and I, I'm like, you know, going, okay, now, uh, you know, I'm paying for this baby. <laughs> I know it's your party, but how many are you going to have in the wedding party? I'm paying for that rehearsal, and here's what I'm thinking. You want to just have, like, you know, a nice spread of bologna? <laughs> just do all kinds of different types of bologna? <laughs> have some hot dogs? What do you think? And so um, I'm not winning that argument very well. But um, so we've been talking about the invitation process. And this is a deal. I didn't know it was such a big deal. But so we've been like, who are we going to invite? Who's going to be at, at the actual wedding rehearsal and all that? And then we kind of go into, well, if we invite, you know, Uncle so-and-so, um, he's loud and obnoxious. <laughs> I mean, we can't invite him. And then if we invite, you know, well, that family, yeah, there'll be nothing but drama if we invite. And so there's been this big, long talk about who we're going to send invites to. And um, as I was kind of thinking through that, I was like, man, I'm so glad that God isn't that way. You guys, you guys are aware that Jesus died on the cross to invite your, your drama into his family. He died on the cross to embrace your crazy. And to actually create a seat at the table for, for everyone. There's not anybody that he says, ah, oh, that'll be a lot of drama. There's not one person that he says, oh, we can't have them to my wedding feast. And you guys do know that, that God's preparing an extravagant, beautiful wedding feast of the Lamb. 
that there really is one day going to be a great banquet and anybody who wants to come can come. And there is a seat at the table for every one of you jokers. And he's going to have the finest food and the best of wines and the greatest meat. And he's given each of us a personal invitation to that. And my God, he is not exclusive. He doesn't say about any person on earth, man, you can't make it to my party. Everybody can come. And he's done everything he possibly could so that he could compel everyone to come and be a part of his party because he wants his house My God, he has reckless love, reckless. I'm just going to preach that song if it's okay. He's not passively waiting. He's coming after us. He's not going down like just some nice privileged streets. He's going down every street and every alley. He's searching high and low and he's coming after you. He's coming after me. There's no shadow that he won't light up. There's no mountain that he won't climb up because Jesus is coming after you. There's no wall that he won't kick down. No lie. He won't tear down. I don't deserve it and I didn't earn it and neither did you, but he's coming after you. I'm invited to that party and there's no way in the world I'm going to miss that part of the creator and sustainer of all life gave me an invite. So that's all I've got. That's all I've got. And I'm telling you, that party's going to be sick. It's going to be awesome. And no matter what, by the grace of God, I'm going to be there. And I hope you are too. <laughs> Woo! Come on. Somebody's fixing to preach up in here. Uh, I think that's why I love this 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 account that Jesus tells so much is because it really does explain I'm not exclusive. I'm not like you religious, arrogant, prideful people that think you're better than everybody else. That's not my heart. And he's trying to say to everybody else, if you're looking at them, you're looking at the wrong example. Because I go into everybody's house and I break bread with scallywags. <laughs> Tweet that. <laughs> It begs the question, though, if, if our heart of our father is to compel us to come in so his house will be full. I think we have to ask ourselves. If I know the Bible and I can quote every name of God and I can tell you everything about the Bible and I know it inside and out, I love God. But I'm not loving the people around me and I don't know any name of my neighbor's then maybe you don't have the heart of God. And maybe we need to really ask ourselves, if we're not filling up our own house and compelling people on my street and compelling people at my dorm room and compelling people that I work with, then then maybe, maybe I don't really understand why I'm here. Maybe I'm not on purpose for the kingdom. And maybe you need to wake up to the fact that God's saying, Go to the alleys, go to the country lanes, go find them and bring them. The lame, the blind, get them here. They're sick and they're lost and they're broken and they need a doctor. And I'm their doctor, I'm the great physician, so if you'll bring them to my house, I'll heal them. But we have to ask ourselves, if I'm the church, right? I'm the dwelling place of God. God lives inside of me and he lives inside of you. Then it's not bringing them to some building. It's bringing them right here. It's compelling them in conversation. That's how this works. 
And while we can do our part to set the stage and have a set the table and have a have a big elaborate party every single week, it really has to be built on relationships. It has to be built on how well you love, because in God's economy, everybody's welcome always. And I need to ask you, can you say that? Would your neighbors say about you that I'm really welcome always? Or would they say, no, you're pretty alienating and you're also pretty exclusive and you don't really even know their name? I think we should pay attention, don't you, to that. And that's why I love this church, because I'm telling you, this church is, I get it, it's so diverse. Every tribe, tongue, and nation is up in here. It's just so beautiful in, in the fact that you've created a place where you listen to the differences that we have. And you do work hard to prepare a place for people that are far from God. And you also work hard to make every guest that walks into this place to have personal touch and to have great coffee and great welcoming and compelling and intentional environment that says, listen, we've thought about you before you got here. We care. We care about you and you're different than us. And that's okay. You come just as you are because we have a place for you. But here's the deal. If a song just cranks off and it's like really like way out there for a lot of us and it makes us uncomfortable. But then you have this guy that's like far from God going, oh, I love this song. Yeah. Then then I'll use whatever tool necessary to try and break down the wall so people can have ears to hear and eyes to see that wow, God, God is if God's like this, then man, maybe I could be a part of that. The way that I like to say that is. Even though I'm a free man. Well, this uh, I skipped that. That's dumb. Anyways, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do anything and everything short of sin to make sure people experience God. We want people short of sin, and we're gonna we're gonna use the tool so they'll experience Jesus, right? And uh, we we want to sort of become all things to all people, like Paul did, right? He said in that verse I just skipped. Uh, he talks about how I I used to you know be. A Jew to the Jews. I'll act like them. I'll talk like them. When I'm Gentiles, I'm going to act and talk like them. We, we want other people that are very different than us to experience God's love by the way that we love. And so I, I'm just grateful to be a part of a church family that says I, Jesus died for every, every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And that's what heaven's going to look like. So we might as well have a church that looks like heaven, Right? And so we, we want this house to resemble that, a unified people with one heart and one mind, with a purpose to compel people to fill up God's house. So we work hard to say, man, you fit here, you belong, you, you have a place. And, and, and if you're not okay with that, it, it's important up front, if you're new around here, to know that that's who we are. That's our, that's our value. It's our culture here. And you know what I've come to know? People are people are people are people. Whether you're a Texan or a Georgian or, or a Panamanian or a Dominican Republic or a Haitian, I, I, people are people. We all need to feel like we fit and we're loved and we belong and people are going to focus on what draws us together instead of what separates us. We have a lot more in common than we do that separate us. People are people, man. We all have armpit hair and belly buttons and earwax. <laughs> right? 
And it, we, we tend to focus on our differences, and they're just not. We need to be loved, everybody. If you want to talk about different, you should talk about the differences that we have with God. God is holy. He's set apart. He's so other and, and different than us. And yet that guy is willing, willing to say, I'll, I'll set all that aside so that I can compel you to come into my house and feast at my table. And if God's willing to do that, then that's, that's what I want to share. That same heart. We should do the same thing because honestly, we don't deserve it. We didn't learn it. But we got an invitation from him. So I just want to talk to everybody that I know that, hey, I got an invite and you can too. God changed my life. I bumped into him and now I have a place in heaven. And I think a lot of us are going to bump into each other in heaven and go, how did you get here? Right? And so we should work hard to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't care your difference. I know whether I'm in an extreme poverty or extreme wealth. Or, or a completely different tribe, and I don't understand you, we should work hard to embrace each other's differences. And so that's what I'm working on with my 64-year-old friend that's way, way rich. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't fit when I'm around you. I, don't, I feel weird. But the other day, that guy, he called me, and, and he says, I, I, um, I've got cancer, Blake. And all of a sudden, I didn't feel like I was that different than him. Like, oh, there's chink in your armor. Yeah, I've always kind of thought of you as... So he's scared, really scared. And he's got so much money, I can do whatever he wants, right? And So I just said, I asked a question that I thought was pretty safe. The question was, well, what can I do for you? And I, I thought for sure he, he, he was going to say, oh, nothing, don't worry about it. But he didn't. <laughs> he said, you know, I... I could really use somebody to come and build a fence for me. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> look, look, I love you, but come on. And I have this crazy life that's spinning out of control right now. I'm transitioning, moving and packing and serving, you know, two, three churches. And I'm traveling and I'm like, I have one day this week. And he goes, I could really use help Thursday this week. I'm like, well, that's not one day. And that's when God said, yeah, that's your one day. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll come. <laughs> and so I spent like eight hours digging in, in the Florida heat and putting this stupid fence up. And I, I hated it. I was grumbling. And I'm not bragging to tell you that I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, puff myself up by telling you that story. I'm telling you because I, I kind of showed up, you know, kind of like, bleh. And, and then, after that day, we kind of spent the day talking about real stuff, what really matters, about the importance of moments and living present and purpose. And I served him all day, and I, I got in my truck at the end of the day going, man, that was amazing. Now, I just want to challenge you. Show up. It's scary. If, if you get the invite, do it. Be people that say yes. And I want to challenge you to ask that simple question. It's a powerful question. And it's just, can I do anything for you? Maybe there's somebody that the Lord just, Holy Spirit convicted you. And you know you need to make that call. Can I do anything for you? But be ready because God might say, yeah, you're up. And you'll have to go build a stupid fence. (laughs) 
And you might not have anybody to call. And if you don't, can I challenge you that you're a part of a church that works hard to prepare every single week a party. And that party, it changes lives. And, and you, can, you can jump in and help be a part of the preparation. There's all kinds of places. Maybe for you it's just standing out at the door. And it's just greeting and hugging and loving and saying welcome. Maybe it's going and picking up a cone and setting, setting the table out in the parking lot. Maybe it's going and serving little kids and wiping noses and changing diapers. Or maybe it's teenagers. You just love that and you just want to pick up a pimple-faced little middle schooler and drive them somewhere, right? So I, I just want to challenge you. There's all kinds of places for you to dive in and use your gifts that God gave you so that you can be a part of setting the table for his people and making people feel loved and feel compelled to come. And I want to challenge you, church. The Lord, the Lord puts you here for a reason. He's got a purpose and a plan for you. And he's not done with you, right? If you're not dead, you're not done. And so I want to challenge you to, to say, you know what, God, what could it be? I'll, I'll find my place. I'll dive. I'll, I'll serve cookies at the end of the service to new people. I'll, I'll sing. Maybe you preach. Come preach. They're going to need one because I'm leaving. <laughs> but I just want to challenge you to, to say this out loud at every campus. Let's just say this together. Let's just kind of declare it today as a, as a church body, all of our campuses. Here we go. Let's all do our part to prepare the house and set the table so we can throw a Jesus party like no other. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, wow, you are the cornerstone and we build everything on you. All of it's for your glory and for your fame and for your great name. May we not get in the way of that. May it be about you, Lord, and not about us. May, may we repent, Lord, of the times that it doesn't fit our personal preferences to do it a certain way. And so we just say, I don't want to do that. But God, thank you for teaching us that you're willing to set apart our differences between you, the, the Most High God and the Almighty, the sustainer and creator of all things. And you set our differences aside to accept me. I'm just a, I'm just a crumb. I'm just a, a, a dog in comparison with you. And so, God, I just thank you that you love us enough to say, no, no, no. I'll sit you right beside me at my table. I, I have a place for you. I've gone to heaven and I'm preparing a place. And it's, it's streets of gold and it's, it's elaborate. And I, I want you to come to my feast. And so, Father, we want to be there with you. But in the meantime, may we go out into the streets and the alleys and work hard to prepare your house and try to fill up your house, Lord. We love you, Jesus, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. May we honor you by the things that we speak and the ways that we love and, and the things that we serve. Father, may you bless those efforts. Anoint us and fill us with your spirit, Lord, so that we can honor you, God. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. I love you, Chase Oaks. <laughs>